must stand firm against any and all arbitrary authority that threatens the personal sovereignty of one or all. That which will not bend must break, and that which can be destroyed by truth should never be spared its demise. It is done. Hail Satan. Is it really though? Is class really in session? Because I'm looking around and I don't see many motherfuckers in class. I guess we'll figure that out and see if anybody shows up late. Welcome degenerates and heathens and like-minded folks. My name is Bill and welcome to Satanic Study Hall. We are back in class again for what was intended to be an amazing, groundbreaking, inspiring Walpurgis Noct Hexanuck special. But um, like I said, there's nobody here in class. So I guess I'm going to make an attempt to do this on my own. So welcome. Uh, class is indeed in session. My name is Bill. I am a member of the Satanic Temple, and I'm also a member of a Love City Satanist here out of Philadelphia. And today I am joined by absolutely nobody. So I guess we'll keep this introduction short and simple. Um, what is Satanic Study Hall? Satanic Study Hall is a podcast that is supposed to have a rotating bench of degenerates and members of the Satanic Temple to join me in the hosting role here. But that clearly isn't the case today. Uh, we're a podcast that talks about Satanism from its inception to modern day. We dive into the news and uh, pop culture when it comes to Satanism, the occult, we also check out references to Satanism and the our dark lord and movies and music and books and everything that I had just mentioned. Um, you see, my game is a little thrown off when I'm not joined by my peoples. But either way, um, that is who we are and what we do. We tend to talk some shit. Uh, we like to learn as we present. Satanic Study Hall doesn't present itself in any way, shape, or form as subject matter experts, but we do occasionally like to feature them. Some great episodes that we've posted up recently with La Carmina and Dr. John Scutlin, Stu DeHaan, Mason Hargett, Stephen Bradford Long, uh, and the list keeps growing. We've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of really insightful, driven, smart people in this lovely little satanic community, and we continue to do so. Uh, we have episodes coming up with Simon Widop that I hope everybody would recognize and appreciate Simon's work. It is very well known across the community, and we had a great conversation with Simon, so I hope you get a chance to enjoy that as well. What's on the plate for today? So like I said, we were going to dive in, and Veronica and Father Al and Dennis Morningstar and Johnny was supposed to even be in class today, but we're one out of five here for hosts, so... I'm going to make the attempt to go through my research. Uh, I might get very boring. I don't know if I might just give up and start sketching in my sketchbook here and um, just talking shit. So bear with me. We shall see what happens. 
other business to get out of the way, I guess never, ever, ever forget to check out our friends and all of their new stuff that they have available. Um, first, Rhett over at darkartdepository.com and Sean over at Misty's Coventry. If you've heard the podcast before, you were very well aware of how talented and awesome they are and their product lines. Um, just search for Misty's, that's M-H-I-S-T-Y-S, Coventry, and you can look up um, everything Rhett's doing over at Dark Art Depository at darkartdepository.com. Now, we also launched a brand new fucking website. Um, before, our website just took you to our podcast hosting landing page where it had all of our episodes, um, but please go check out satanicstudyhall.com. It is in its very first little beta um, stage where we're open for feedback. Uh, we're just looking for anything that can help, um, you know, make it look a little sharper. Any any feedback you have, shoot us a message and let us know. We're very open to that. Uh, and you can do so at satanicstudyhall at gmail.com. <laughs> and I guess Belial wanted to remind me that I truly wasn't alone here at the table. Belial is floating around the classroom, uh, pissing everybody off and nipping at everybody's toes. So I guess at that point, uh, I could say, how are you now? But I'll just let everybody know I'm doing good. I'm a little pissed off that no one showed up to class today, but um, we're going to push forward. Everything is moving great with Satanic Study Hall. Uh, me personally, I'm in the middle of a pretty kick-ass career change, and I'm super excited about that. I am also super excited about my father's celebration of life, which is this Saturday, May 1st. And this podcast should be coming out uh, on midnight between the 30th and the 1st um, to celebrate Walpurgis Noct um, and Hexanoct. So this holiday has dual meaning to me, hoping to do a bonfire on the 30th and a nice celebration of life and remembrance, not only of my father, but through Walpurgis Noct and Hexanoct, everybody whose lives were affected in any negative way because of pseudoscience, witch hunts, and the satanic panic. And that's going to be a recurring theme as you uh, listen to me talk about those topics. So uh, I guess I'm going to whip out my sketchbook and my notes here, and um, I guess I'll get to work, so bear with me. Attention class, attention. Today we are being joined by two foreign exchange students from Germany. Say hello to Pete and Patrick, everybody. Uh, hey, y'all. If you want to come sit over here, I'm kind of fucking bored. Uh, everyone ditched me today. Yeah, are you sure that's okay? It's like our first day and we've been a bit kind of all over the place. We've already had the principal Pam just have a massive go at us just for being there. And I've been told to look out for a guy called Dennis that I need to avoid. Um, <laughs> I heard he's a bit of a fucking deviant. Wow. Okay. So um, it looks like they, they gave you the lay of the land. Uh, yeah. Um, so c- come on over. Take a fucking seat. Now everyone ditched me. We've got all these empty ta- uh, chairs at the table. Uh, and I'm like I said, I don't. I was about to hit stop. We uh, I we record a little uh, fucking satanic podcast uh, in class every now and then. By the way, I guess I should introduce myself. Uh, my name is Bill. Um, thank you for uh, kind of hanging out. Who are y'all? Yeah, my name's uh, Pete. Um, I'm one of the foreign exchange students um, who's coming over. Uh, I'm from, from London, England, but uh, yeah, I live in Germany. I live in Berlin, but we're just over here, uh, yeah, living the way of the world and uh, seeing how other Satanists do it because, uh, yeah, I'm a member of TSD myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, same as him, just not quite. 
a little bit different. So I'm Patrick. I'm also from Germany. Uh, yeah, also part of the TSC. No shit. So uh, there's a reason that you came to Satanic Study Hall, looks like, huh? Yeah, you know, we're just a uh, little bit of learning, broadening our horizons, you know, we're, uh, you know, spreading our knowledge and getting some new knowledge. Well, good shit. Well, thank y'all for wearing your masks. Uh, none of these other fucking degenerates in class like to take it seriously. So appreciate that yeah. shit. Hail science. <laughs> Hail science. Oh, yeah. Uh, by yeah. the way, uh, this is Belial. Uh, I don't know if um, Principal Pan told you about Belial, but um, normally he makes people that visit study hall sign a contract or a waiver in case you get bit. Uh, but that is our Baffinet um, Belial. He's a little fucker. Um, so just keep an eye on your feet, your ankles, and your toes because the, they're fair game when he's running around. Yeah. Oh, no, I forgot to bring treats. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, Veronica's keeps him well-fed with the horny goat weed, that's for sure. Um, so from Germany or living in Germany, um, that kind of makes uh, me a little bit excited. So what we were originally going to do um, was talk about, you know, Walpurgis Nacht. Yeah. Um, as you know, as temple members, Walpurgis Nacht uh, and Hexenacht, um, that day and the history of such is coming up. Um, and we were going to cover it, talk about it, then kind of, I don't know. Um, we did some research, or at least I did. I guess everyone else didn't, which is why they're not here. But uh, we were going to talk about it and kind of explore Walpurgis Nacht, um, its history, how it's celebrated in modern day. Uh, how it transitioned or how it's been transitioned from a TST holiday perspective into Hexanoct. Um, and, you know, what this these two days mean and kind of nerd out a little bit. What do you guys think? Yeah, sounds good. I think we can add a few things to that. Yeah, it's something we know uh, a little bit about because, you know, it's close to home. It most certainly is. Um, so I guess before we get started, um, we, you briefly introduced yourself. Uh, I guess we'll start with uh, uh, Pete, if you want to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, anything you're comfortable with sharing. Sure. Um, yeah, so I'm Pete. I've lived in Germany, lived in the capital city of Berlin for about three and a half years. Um, I've been a Satanist, definitely fully identifying one for maybe nearly two years now, but it's always been there, I think. I just didn't know it. Yeah, growing up, going to Catholic schools and having certain things shoved in my face, I was always destined to be pushed into the woods. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, a lot of soul searching over the years, life being up and down. And one day I stumbled across the Satanic Temple and everything seemed to make sense. And now I'm reasonably committed <laughs> to, uh, yeah to satanism and uh, live and breathe it yeah, you i think you'll fit in well in satanic study hall we had uh we just recently recorded with you know they weren't in study hall but we had a virtual presentation from simon widop out of the uk uh he yeah. was uh he, he i guess he popped the uh, satanic study hall for an exchange student cherry um well, yeah i know simon so <laughs> oh okay coincidence eh? so y'all definitely been around so yeah simon we have an episode uh coming out with simon very very soon if not it might even be ready at the same time this one is um now that we're going to move forward with it this kind of gets me excited um so what about you tell us a little bit about yourself i'm patrick i've always lived in germany uh not in berlin or any other one of the big cities actually somewhere in the southern bumfuck province somewhere near a fuck uh, the, the, Basically on a hill. That's a big, pretty big hill. <laughs> okay. A very small house. It looks like a witch's house. So yeah, appropriate for that. Yes. Uh, no. Um, 
I always had a little bit of a problem with uh, basically our religious uh, 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 religious classes in school. Actually, I never really fit into that. So at one point, I, I, I was pretty interested in paganism and that stuff. I'm still am a bit. And some time a few years ago, I, I came across one of those stories uh, in the news about the Baphomet statue. I was impressed. It was such a such an amazing idea. I just love the whole idea. Sometime later, I saw the documentary, Hell Satan, loved it. And that just kind of pushed me into this direction where I am now here, suddenly, without, I just kind of slid into this. I don't know how I got here, but I, I am here. That's kind of how... You know, that seems to be the theme of, you know, meeting, you know, people within the satanic temple or people that, you know, introductions to Satanism, especially when, you know, the whole exposure comes through the Baphomet story and the Ten Commandments suit or, um, you know, the the giant babies <laughs> that, that were put on display in the movie, some of those protests and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, some of that, that, that's definitely, I mean, it served its purpose. It got a lot of our attention. Uh, we've talked about on the podcast how, you know, Mason Hargett, you know, reeled in a lot of nerds that hang out with us in study hall as well through the normie Satanism, you know, the bow tie Satanists. Uh, and, you know, he drew a, a whole different kind of, you know, and made a lot of people feel comfortable about not, you know, necessarily wearing black and being covered in tats and piercings, but still, you know, being comfortable with being vocal about identifying with, you know, the seven tenets and viewing them as deeply held uh, religious beliefs. So, uh, you know, I am curious, though, um, from a being a member of the satanic temple and identifying as a Satanist in Germany, I think that has its own set of issues, doesn't it? Uh, aren't, you know, this church and state pretty fucking intertwined in Germany? Oh yeah. They have quite a, yeah, they're pretty in love. The two of them are in Germany, but not many people like associate it who aren't living in Germany. It's not obvious until, yeah, you get, uh, you get here and you live around it and you find out that you potentially, if you've ever been baptized or confirmed that suddenly you've got an extra tax in your wage packet um, or um, you don't realize that, yeah, in politics, the church is. Wait, did you just say extra tax? Like a, yeah, like a fucking Jesus tax? A Jesus Something tax. along that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, a Jesus tax that uh, they think that's still relevant from like the 18th century, uh, well, around then, that uh, to protect the church in case of in uh, times of turmoil and, uh, and so on, in case any buildings or uh, any churches were burnt to the ground, um, that the uh, the government had uh, or the at the time the the ruling classes. Um, had the money to rebuild it um, and for some reason they think in 2021 that's still something that needs to be on the books um, but I think maybe the church themselves had a little influence because uh, yeah it's not the church who pays the bishops it's the government so the wow. whole thing about the, 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 the church tax is actually a bit weird basically you get born your parents, or in my case, my grandparents, had the opinion that you had, uh, the child has to be baptized, and suddenly you are on some form of list. And at at a point when you finally 
are all grown up. You earn your own money. You look at your uh, your sheet of paper. It says all that, and suddenly there's something like a church tax. Yeah, I have to pay such and such amount every month to the church, which I don't associate with in any way. And then the best thing, or maybe the worst thing, is if you want to leave that or to stop that, if you don't want to pay that anymore, well, you actually have to pay something more. <laughs> So you of have course. to make an appointment. You have to, you, know, you have to make an appointment uh, at the mayor's office and, uh, and have to pay a, a little fee. It's not much actually, but still, I don't know. It's kind of a, 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 a dick move. So like, oh, you don't want to pay us some more money? Yeah, well, guess you have to pay some money. <laughs> so either way, you're fucked. Either way, they're yeah. getting paid. Either way, they are getting fucking paid. Yeah. You got to keep those churches looking uh, pristine, right? Oh, oh yes, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. <laughs> They most certainly do. <laughs> Fucking all the landscaping involved, shit. I, I mean, there's a lot of polish to buy in those churches in Bavaria to get that gold really shining. So, um, and you know, you've got to keep a lot of people quiet <laughs> uh, at the same time. So it helps to have the have the money. Uh, so let's talk about Walpurgis Nacht. Fuck it, let's just jump right in. Um, we've taken care of all our business. Y'all seem chill. I'm glad you decided to come over here and not sit with those douchebags over there. You know, you don't want to talk to those kids over there in the corner. Um, yeah, you, you'll, you'll you'll see why if you hang out long enough. Uh, but enough about them. They don't like it when I talk about them. Uh, so Walpurgis Nacht, um, very German sounding, and from you know the research that I did, it's got you know its roots in Germany. So. Uh, I mean, when y'all sat down, you said you knew a little bit about it. So I don't know if um, I was, you know, we'd like to progress from, you know, history to modern day when we cover topics here in study hall. So can either one of you, Peter, Patrick, you know, tell me a little bit about from your perspective, you know, living in Germany, what's um, Walpurgisnacht is and who this St. Walpurga is? Now, if you start with uh, the celebration of the Walpurgisnacht. There's a little theme there with uh, pre-Christian holidays and celebrations, and that is that we actually don't know a whole lot about it because back then people didn't write it down. So we only have a little bit of it. And of course, St. Valpurga doesn't actually have anything to do with witches. There was St. Valpurga was an was a Anglo-Saxon nun, the daughter of Richard the Pilgrim. When he and his sons made a pilgrimage to Rome, he left her uh, his daughter, like 10 or 11 years old, I think, in a nunnery. Um, apparently, she became a very well-known nun. She was a, um, apparently also performed miracles, which I think you could consider witchcraft, but... Not in the church, of uh, course. <laughs> no, not in the church. Under the umbrella of Jesus... Uh, there's yeah, no yeah, witchcraft. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when a witch when a witch heals someone, it's uh, onto the pyre with her burner. If a nun heals someone, oh my god, it's a miracle of God. So basically, like this, uh, she is, I think, the patron saint of sailors. For uh, when she traveled from England to the uh, to 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 uh, the main mainland. Uh, the boat uh, got into a storm and she apparently spent the whole trip across the can across the channel praying for the boat to not sink and it didn't sink so it was apparently a miracle she also healed people or performed miracle healings and at one point she actually i think this was her most uh, most impressive feat she calmed down a rabbit dog 
Which oh. was a good call. <laughs> the original yeah. dog whisperer. <laughs> the dog whisperer, <laughs> yes. Wow, that, that's impressive. She calmed down a rabid dog. I mean, that's in itself worth canonization, right? Yeah. The whole association with the uh, Walpurgisnacht or the Hexennacht came when she was canonized uh, on 1st of May, which is uh, a little bit of a theme with Christianity when there's a pagan ritual or a pagan uh, pre-Christian celebration. They just go stand there, stamp on it and claim it's theirs. Basically the same here. I mean, that, that sounds like what we did in America. So, yeah. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm sorry we are responsible for Saint Walker Poger in in the UK. Germans came over to us and then uh we send it back. Um <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I mean you could have sent someone more fun. I think she wasn't very fun actually. Yeah, oh, well, I mean probably work some magic with some snake oil, right? Snake oil, rabbit dog. Saliva, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's near nothing. But uh, yeah, so, but in terms of like the evidence in terms of her um, fighting witchcraft and things, I think that kind of just comes out of gossip, really, because there's actually very little fact or, uh, well, not, well, I don't know if any of what she did was necessarily fact. Um, there's no direct connection to her having, playing a part in casting out um, witches. Costing out witches, costing out evil. Uh, so the suggestion is actually that this part was part of the celebration way before she was canonized into it, and it kind of just rubbed off onto her. Because there are a few uh, uh, traditions still in Germany that uh, are around basically uh, casting out evil spirits, casting out evil and all of that. Uh, in some places, they do it with whips. So basically a few people dressed up in really funny costumes run around with whips and just whip them all around the place, making as much noise as possible to basically draw uh, draw out the evil and cast it out of the village, city, and anything. God, what is it with whips? Uh, Krampus and whips and his birchwood <laughs> sticks and then Romulus and Remus for, and Lupercalia running around and whipping the women for fertility's sake. And here we are whipping <laughs> fucking cracking whips to fend off witches. Man, I, I'm sensing a theme here. Oh, yeah, I think you can't really cast out an evil spirit with, I don't know, a bunch of flowers. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I have never tried, so I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Fuck it. Some, some flowers stink, so, you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and, and as well as whipping after uh, setting the fires and so on, you have to, yeah, those traditions of running around your your house seven times, and apparently that helps ward off. The witches as well but yeah every crack of the whip or a or a holy bell yeah at, at the highest point in the village uh because apparently magic is most powerful the higher up you are um so the higher up you are the better you are to fend off those damn witches so that the whole that whole concept of magic being more powerful as far as on an increased elevation kind of you know you know, helps explain, you know, things that were happening on um, Walpurgis Nacht uh, as far as how it was celebrated, as far as my research said, um, you know, on the Brocken. Uh, I guess that isn't that where, you know, everyone said that the, the witches would, would get together and perform these rituals and dance with the devil. I mean, I guess that's a pretty high level way of looking at it. But can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Uh, a few things about the whole uh, story with the Brocken. A lot of its association with the Walpurgisnacht uh, are probably uh, an invention by uh, Goethe. Goethe has written a few interesting pieces. Uh, his Faust 1 and 2 and also a ballad, I think, that was called the first Walpurgisnacht, uh, all associate the Brocken or the Blocksberg with uh, the Walpurgisnacht as the place where the devil is dancing, where Lilith and her witches are congregating and having just a really good time, apparently. Yeah, I um, they, they go around and witches dance in a circle around the fire with their backs to each other and then they kiss the devil's buttocks. It's like a straight up kiss my ass club. All right. That's, that, that, <laughs> that, that's a, that's a, that's a sense of endearment for sure. Yeah. But that's where they also marry the devil after. And then he draws the witches together and uh, they give them, gives them a mark and it gives them the ability to do magic. So you get your power from, I suppose it's selling your soul to the devil um, in that respect. But yeah, but yeah, Goethe and Faust completely big time made Valpurgisnacht have that connection with Hexenacht and witches and the devil. I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, so outside of, you know, that association with the Brocken and uh, kissing the devil's ass um, and all that, uh, how is Walpurgisnacht celebrated in Germany? Well, it depends on where you live. Up in the north, there are still a lot of bonfires and pyres and celebrations like that, where you just burn a, a, as big as a fire as you actually can. Uh, down here in the south, it's not that big a deal, I think. Sometimes there are little uh, smaller uh, events for that. Um, of course, if you go to the Harz, where the Brocken is, the Harz region, then there's apparently pretty big tourism around the, around the night. If you look up uh, like uh, tourist guides for that region, Walpurgisnacht is always a very big topic for them. There are a few towns and villages around the Brocken that have especially uh, bigger uh, celebrations for that. People have built, I, th I think as I, I recently saw a little, I think I've, I thought really cool. Somebody built a, 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 a longhouse after old Germanic and Viking uh, manner where they also celebrate uh, Walpurgisnacht in. And apparently it looks pretty nice. They have carved all these intricate designs into it. It's pretty rad. Nice. Yeah, I mean, and here in Berlin, it has more of a political connection. It, again, with the tradition of fire, but there's an area in a, in Prenzlauerberg called the Mauer Park. So Mauer means wall. Um, and that was probably the most notorious death strip of the Berlin Wall, splitting west from east and where you could definitely get killed um, from crossing over it. Um, and in that park on the 30th of April, they uh day before May Day, um it's a very left this thing to the set bonfires um and things. But also with the political connection, if you go back to the seventies, um Val Bogersnacht was massively involved with the uh, connected to um kind of the women's liberation movement really. Um and the connection between witches were taking over as a symbol of power. Um, a role model, um, politically, sexually charged. Witches were often misunderstood, independent women who were healers and uh, intelligent, wise women. Um, and so they took that back. Um, and uh, in the late 70s, uh, in Berlin, women took to the streets for the first time with the slogan, women are taking back the night on Valpurgis night. Um, because... Yeah, 
witches were independent of men. Um, and yeah, so you drive them away. Um, and it was a, a way of standing up to the patriarchy. It was a big revolt. Um, and so actually historically, from a political standpoint, Valpurgis Act is a night for women, the night to be role models, because there's not many role models in history that of you know of rebellion that women could take hold of. So why not take the ultimate you know rebel, the witch, um, and they're the you know and women take their knowledge and their power and make it normal again. Um, yeah, so I think symbolically it has uh, it's celebrated through that protest as well, um, emancipation through the witch. That's a really fucking beautiful way of looking at it. Um, especially, especially, you know, as you look through, um, just how different regions and different parts of the world have, you know, embraced, not embraced, but celebrate the holiday. I mean, for instance, you know, one thing that I looked at was, uh, in the Czech Republic, uh, they literally, you know, burn a giant witch. Um, they light huge bonfires up to eight meters tall, uh, with a witch figure built, uh, and burnt in the center, um, on top of the largest hill in town. Uh, young people gather around, um, and then obviously sudden black and dense smoke formations are cheered as, you know, being symbolic of a witch flying away. Uh, and, and then, you know, and we'll get to how, you know, it's progressed and, you know, the whole Hexanoc thing with TST in a little bit. Um, I think it says, they said, uh, from my research in Lincolnshire, that's, um, Walpurgis night is observed in a lot of rural, rural communities. It was until the second half of the 20th century with a tradition of hanging cow slips to ward off evil. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and similar, like the traditions of, um, Walpurgis night and the, well, the first of May, um, were very heavily taken on in the Isle of Man. So the Isle of Man's a bit of a stuck up, you know, tax evading, little island off uh, the UK. Um, but at the same time, it has a lot, a lot, a lot of pagan tradition. Um, but as it's on that side of the country in between, they're an island as well. You take on, you know, history of like Beltane and stuff all around that date. There were yeah, lots of things, but yeah. And, and flowers have always paid a massive, massive point um, in, in that area or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, you hang the cowslips um as well and you light fires and food i've got to ask what the fuck is a cowslip yeah what uh, is that i have no idea what it is a cowslip is a flower <laughs> as far as i'm aware a flower yeah yeah no it's definitely yeah. so oh. it's like a little yellow flower. it's a pretty I, I just thought like what like some part of a cow like maybe i, I like thought a, cow tongue <laughs> no 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 cow it's, it's flowers so a cowslip's a type of primrose um, <laughs> <laughs> okay that that's that's already way 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 i mean yeah i don't even know a, a nice, a nice little flower wreath somewhere that, that sounds nice neat i thought they were hearing hanging some i don't know they butchered a cow and just hang some part of her somewhere I, I know, the just slip it outside the window or some shit <laughs> <laughs> no, no it's as boring as a flower man um and I know, I know a lot of the celebrations too across the world kind of, you know, cause it's May day, uh, kind of coincide with different May day celebrations in certain parts of the world, uh, you know, kind of mash them together, you know, different, you know, like we were talking about rural, rural communities and whatnot, but, um, you know, you're, you're talking about different parts of Germany, um, celebrating at different ways. Is there like a, a certain unique way outside of, um, what the two of you are familiar with personally that you've heard about that's, that might sound a little fucked or a little weird. 
fucked or weird. Oh, that's a bit hard. I mean, a bit of a bit of unique, maybe. I don't know. Especially May Day is for some reason the day that a lot of uh, people and a lot of clubs associations go hiking and drinking. The hiking part isn't that important. It, it's part of the drinking, I think. At least when I went with my grandfather, it was like hiking for an hour and then drink for five. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to celebrate yeah. it. I mean, yeah, yeah but most of the other fucked up things in Germany and uh, and religious festivals that that all comes around Easter, um, much more so than than around then. So you're saying that yeah, twelve out of sixteen states it's illegal to dance in public on Good Friday. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, no fun. And uh, I think even in Berlin, it's not illegal, but between 4 a.m. and 9 p.m., no dancing in public. Um, Let's talk about that for a second. That that fucking intrigues me. You just piqued my interest there. Uh, Not to go off on some weird tangent. I don't know where this is going to go. But so you can't dance in in most places lawfully on Good Friday. Okay. And it's it's kind of fucked. Uh, What else? If if you can't dance, there's got to be other restrictions. Well, yeah, um, yeah, seven hundred over seven hundred films that can't be uh, put on the TV or um, broadcast public publicly. So, Life of Brian being at the top, um, and then anything from Mad Max, RoboCop, all the way to Mary Poppins, that evil, evil woman, Mary fucking Pop. Oh yeah, because she's kind of a witch, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and wow. she's. It's quite pompous. I appreciate that and stuff, whatever. But this is out of respect for Jesus. Oh, because um, nobody else can be practically perfect in every way other than our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Exactly. You don't want to take, you know, he had a bit of a rough day on that Friday. <laughs> and you don't want to take that away from him, really. That, what? You know, Why is it even called Good Friday if it wasn't actually that good for him? I mean, I would call it Bad Friday. I mean, being killed and I mean, I guess it's good for his. It's manner. good for his followers, right? He gave his life. <laughs> he gave his life. Ah, come on! He gave a long weekend. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, come right. on! He gave a fucking three day weekend that I have yet to I see mean, in 2021. <laughs> Everyone forgets that, like, okay, he died on the Friday, but he only had two days off. He came back on the sun on the Sunday or the Monday, whatever. So, like, why do people think he gave his life? Because got it back yeah that's i really never find all of that that's like it's like one of those fucking mind-blown memes you know it's yeah. okay i gotta you can i can take that on a on a whole journey, mental journey um you know i know basically you know and the other theme that i saw around the world when researching how it's celebrated around the world is basically just the celebration of spring casting the cold and the darkness behind and uh um, embracing the spring. And I think, um, Pete, you had mentioned it before, um, that it's halfway point, um, between spring and summer, summer, right? Yeah, halfway between the, the equinoxes. So halfway between spring and the summer equinox. Um, so it's when everything's coming alive again, really spring's taking its hold. Things are getting warmer. Things are producing. And also it's a perfect time for things like ritual, um, back in pagan times that um, you had to, you want your, your livestock to flourish and your crops to, to grow. Um, and there's a weird little scientific thing. So obviously burning things was a huge thing back then. And you'd, uh, you'd burn 
uh, your torches in a sacrificial kind of not sacrificial in a um, in a ritualistic way. Um, the torches that you used then used to also then light the fire at home. So you have a spiritual fire as soon as that um, to kind of be representative of what you've just been through. But also the ashes. So the ashes you would take, you would cover yourself in ashes in some traditions. Also, you'd throw it into the soil as a, uh, you know, because there's, there's something spiritual about that ash. Well, scientifically, that ash helps the ground fertilize big time. Um, so there's a direct connection that you could see why it seemed pretty magical that suddenly your soil was super fertile. Um, yeah, from from this magical ash. But actually, it's just now we know it's basic science. That yeah, it, it generally it. is just fucking science and these 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 lovely little miracles. You know, miracles. No, yeah, it's some Walter White and Bill Nye shit right there. Yeah, and uh, ICP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are there any magnets involved magnets. Yeah, exactly. how the fuck <laughs> fucking work? magnets how do they work <laughs> fuck Pearl Jam. Uh, fun fact i dislocated both of my kneecaps uh at an icp show at the electric factory in philadelphia in full juggalo face paint and you went to hospital i assume uh no i drove um fuck it i drove drunk poor decision don't do it children uh home and woke up the next day somehow got to my room um and because they popped out and popped in and tore all the ligaments oh. yeah and then i woke up the next day um hung over as all hell not able to move like arthritic can't bend your knees like everything like like the, like a rubber band had been wrapped around my kneecaps a thousand times like it was horrible i had three giant tubes of liquid drawn out of both knees it was fucking nuts um nice i mean to be fair i've seen those documentaries on those juggalo fests by the sounds of it you got off quite lightly <laughs> oh yeah i mean they have fucking U- ufc style fucking fights with with juggalo fans i mean they have like wwe wrestling matches there because you know they actually wrestled for a long time how the fuck did we start talking about icp um, talked about miracles man. oh yeah miracles <laughs> <laughs> fucking magnets and all of that um so uh we talked about uh we covered a decent amount so far um so let's if we can is there anything that we missed from a historical perspective before we do move on um any any historical points anything we missed like um about the brocken or how it's celebrated or you know walpurgis knox roots i'd like to add something to that actually now that i think about it uh the way pete's uh you know talked about the 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 the, the way the, the the feminist movement you know, took the image, the label of witches, and basically used it for themselves. I think that's, uh, I mean, there, there, are, there are some parallels to, to how we use Satanism, or we, how we use the label Satanist. Oh, yeah, basically, yeah. you have these, you, you are being labeled by some person with a negative label, in this case, a Satanist or a witch. And basically, instead of, I don't know, defending yourself against this or basically uh, basically trying to not be that, you basically take this label and and then, yeah, turn it into something of your own. That's actually pretty nice. No, that was that was very well said, and it's 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 kind of um, you know like a, a perfect segue into um, where we're going as far as you know how this 
you know, this day and, you know, Walpurgis Nacht and this, all the symbolism involved in the stories and the history, um, are, have been made relevant in modern day Satanism. Uh, and that began, um, I believe, um, with, didn't begin, but it began from a modern day perspective with Anton LaVey's making the Church of Satan official. I believe, um, Walpurgis Nacht and Hexenacht is the uh, birthday of the Church of Satan. Yeah, in 1966. I know, yeah, because I'm written in the Satanic Bible um, is that that date. And yeah, Alpogas Night is, as well as your birthday, one of the most important Satanic holidays that you must observe. And, and I mean, and it's, it's cool. And one thing I think we didn't mention, too, that I, I read in my research was, you know, this date, it was also symbolic from all the reasons that we mentioned, but it was also believed when, you know, the veil between, you know, life and death was the thinnest um, from an occult standpoint. It was believed that that was when, you know, with the rituals and the burning of the fires and all, you know, all the everything that everyone believed that was happening with all the witchcraft and shit, um, that that's, you know, what enabled, you know, the devil to to emerge was because that that day. Um, from an occult standpoint, was when that veil was the thinnest. And I think that was one of the reasons, too, that uh, Anton LaVey chose it um, as the inception date for the Church of Satan as well. Yeah, it's the Halloween of spring in that respect. Yeah, when, again, the veil is thin at that point. Um, and it makes, I think it makes a lot of sense in modern Satanism to have chosen then and with the the connections and I think definitely with the symbolism from Faust and, and everything combined into that, bringing the supernatural and the, I suppose the, the romantic and the um, dramatic into that one kind of place that you, you can take on as your own. Attention staff and students. The Satanic Study Hall podcast is not affiliated with any other podcast or organization. None. Zero. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast are hours and hours alone. Hail Satan. Now, how, um, one thing I wanted to ask too is I, I really didn't pick too much up about this outside of, you know, the, the names being the same and just translated differently. Um, so, we talked about, you know, LeVay and why he chose it and whatnot. But so it's from a satanic temple perspective. Um, Hexenacht is one of the celebrated holidays um, for TST. Now, from the way TST chooses to celebrate Hexenacht appears to be a complete inversion of, you know, the, the origins, the whole, you know, celebrating St. Walpurgis chasing away the fucking witches on the Brocken and stuff that really, like you had mentioned before, there's really no evidence of that ever really being the case outside of, you know, a miracle worker and a healer of which, you know, she went to school for. Um, so the way the satanic temple celebrates this is it's remembrance, um, remembering um, those whose lives were, you know, ruined through pseudoscience and the satanic panic and, and the witch hunts um, and, and celebrating their lives and also raising awareness um, around that, you know, and that's, you know, we, as we all know, um, that's, you know, the premise of gray faction is fighting pseudoscience and bringing to light 
and publicly, you know, um, <clears throat> calling out these fucked up therapists and pseudoscience driven psychologists that, um, still insinuate this satanic panic that's going on. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll ask the both of you, um, what are your thoughts on how TST celebrates this and, um, how it is kind of appears to be an inversion of, uh, you know, the original, um, celebrating chasing the witches away. It's a, it's appropriate in many ways. Cause I think using the, the term hex and nuct and that whole witches celebrating, you know, on the Brocken and it comes into a place of people traditionally see in from a non-Christian perspective and stuff. That's kind of maybe the celebratory side. And then on the other side, I think you need to take a date and you could use it as remembrance. So it's a celebration, you know, in Christian form that we're celebrating someone who was apparently against witchcraft and, and did, you know, her magic powers to, to ward off the evil and stuff. Um, and we know that's absolute bullshit. And with the, in Germany, so little people know how bad it was here in terms of the witch hunts. So I think it's massively appropriate because, okay, so we associate Salem and we associate the, and England with the witch hunts. 500 to 1,000 people died in England, 25 at Salem. No one knows, and the go here, uh, German government have still not apologized. Around 50,000 people, 80% women, 20% men, were tortured and killed in the name of the witch hunts in Germany. And no Holy one fuck. So I don't think there is a more appropriate night in terms of pseudo, you know, battling pseudoscience and so on from a festival, you know, festivities that are inherently German to take over that night um, and make a point. I just think the world needs to know Germany's involvement in all of that. And you're absolutely right. And, and I'll enhance that. And I mean, I'll even add links in the show notes when we release this episode, as far as raising awareness is again, you don't read about that in history books that, that, that shit is not spoon fed to you in, in, in a voluntary educational form. And, and that, that shit, that's some, um, and again, I think that's just like you said, what's important about this holiday. Um, and it's just from, you know, my own personal Satanism and, um, you know, taking, taking my membership with TST and involvement seriously is, you know, the tenants are deeply held religious beliefs to me. Um, and that's, that's, you know, remembering and not just remembering, but advocating. And, you know, that's one thing we like to do with the podcast is, is be a voice for the voiceless or raising awareness for fuckery and the disenfranchised and shit that, you know, people just may not know. Uh, and I think that's a great example. Um, you know, in comparison with the things that happened in Salem with the witch trials were horrible, but you know, from a number standpoint, like we're talking exponentially, um, more, uh, in, in, in Europe alone. And that, that's, that's, that's scary. And it's fucking ridiculously sad. So taking this opportunity to, to, to remember and, you know, use the voice or, you know, any personal empowerment that any of our listeners may even have to, to speak up and, um, be a voice and, and keep a, keep a watchful eye on, you know, cases where, you know, the community might need to speak up and stand up for a situation whereas this the cases continue to emerge and I'm out of breath. That was like a fucking huge ass run on sentence. Um, if that made any sense at all, but, um, Patrick, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Especially in regards to the remembrance of those people who were 
basically killed for the most stupidest reason you could fucking imagine. Especially in that ca in that way, I think it's pretty important, and it's a great uh, a way to remember those people, um, especially to make sure that it doesn't happen again, or at least that it's a bit more in the open. Because yeah, we have those weird uh, therapy therapists and other people who basically miss. Uh, diagnose their patients because they want this weird uh, global unholy satanic uh, government to exist so they can I don't know I don't even know why they want to do this so the witch hunts were pretty crazy you could be killed for so many stupid reasons many women were killed because for example they were healers or basically just no new basic uh, way around herbs and stuff like that others were uh, hebam, uh midwives i think the word is midwives basically when a child was born with any form of disability it was pretty likely that the parents were going to blame the midwife because the midwife was the evil witch who had a pact with the devil and basically sacrificed the healthiness and the well-being of the child to Satan in exchange for her powers. This is a pretty common thing back then. But actually, a lot of people, like, like the most of them, were killed for petty reasons. Basically, neighbors having problems with another neighbor. So they say, hey, I saw that neighbor flying a broom. There were husbands who actually uh, yeah, got sick of their wives and basically just said, hey, she bewitched me to marry her and uh, she's a witch, so please get rid of her. They just made a trial and killed her. But also it's, it's just, uh, I think, I was saying earlier about female empowerment and stuff, people then were suspect of a woman who was independent and on her own. Why doesn't she need a man? Why doesn't she want children? And so well, right, right. If she was wealthy, that was also a thing. Like, where did she get that wealth? And also, uh, I mean, it was pretty practical because when she was killed, that wealth was probably going missing. It's weird. Church tax, as we were talking about before. <laughs> so, yeah. Circled oh, right after that church tax, yes. We've talked about, you know, solitary and communal Satanism and the exchange between the two and a balance on previous episodes. Um, and again, it's you find the way that you are the most fulfilled from, you know, a celebration or a remembrance standpoint. Uh, some ways from our research that we found that uh, some TST members in the past have celebrated is um, one example was having a feast with mead and sparkling wine um, or having a, you know, having a gray mass. There's also the most popular one that seems to be, you know, it's something that you can do on your own or, you know, if you have the opportunity to to do it with like-minded Satanist as well, would be a destruction ritual with bonfires, music, dance, and or, you know, just, you know, celebration. And obviously, uh, if, if I were, if that were a destruction ritual, I would definitely center around a moment of, you know, or a long moment of silence and reflection on that evening. This has, um, this has been, this was really important. I think that we did this, um, not only, you know, for me personally, but, you know, for, you know, us as Satanists and remembering, uh, all of the countless lives and being aware that there are so many more outside of what we've heard about just in the, the satanic panic and the, the witch hunt here in the States. And there's so much more to become aware about, uh, and potentially advocate for if you feel to do as such. So I got to ask, uh, in, in your journey of Satanism, have either one of you found or celebrated Hexnock in the past? And uh, if so, was there any uh, particular things that you've done? I think last year was reasonably educational in terms of like 
finding more about it out more about it i think relatively young in my kind of one and a half to two years as saying this but also i think it's a relatively young kind of celebration for tst satanists i can't speak on church of satan on kind of using you know the 30th of april and first of may as, as a holiday so i think it's something that it's going to like develop and develop more i think it feels like it's a super young thing right now um and i think that i'm enjoying learning about how each year i'm going to make that bigger and i think next year we would love love as satanists here in germany to be able to go and celebrate on the brocken itself to go there where this pandemic bullshit hopefully is you know been and gone and we can get together and we can get on that mountain and and yeah celebrate together we can have a ritual together as 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 friends and to say hell satan and hell science that sounds like a good yeah, fucking that's... time i hope i win the lottery i've been playing the lottery lately if i do i'm gonna be right there by your side you'll yeah, be welcome anytime uh, belial might have to stay i think there might be a, a few charges you know, yeah, i don't know dead. if we'd be able to get the horny goat weed past customs and that's all he fucking lives on so yeah yeah and you, you don't want to get in an argument with german customs i think there will be enough goats <laughs> i know i know I, I know a guy who's usually he's regular okay. he's a regular at the at the block when swap is not and this guy has goats so he brings his goats <laughs> you are a well-connected man i did not know that about you so yeah, yeah. you've got a, you've got a, goat, friends. got a goat guy yeah he's got, got a goat, goat guy you know, dwight schroot had a shirt guy and uh patrick's got a goat guy and that's an valuable resource yeah. to have normally when, when i uh, when we used to uh, before the pandemic long time ago i know uh celebrated 12 August nacht it was usually i think pretty classic music a big fire a lot of people dancing having fun drinking something or nothing depending on your preference in that case uh destroying something was also pretty fun uh i once made uh, made a, a a puppet of straw a, a straw puppet uh i called him heinrich kramer and we burned him nice Holy just in case this just in case this joke doesn't drop heinrich kramer was the guy who uh, wrote the malias maleficarum the witch's hammer yeah so i thought it fitting to burn this fucker <laughs> fucking right <laughs> hell yeah um you know i'm going through my notes and this this is completely out of out of line but i just i wanted to bring it up too just to see if y'all knew anything about it because it's got um you know some i guess it's it's fact uh, apparently um is what they called the brocken specter apparently um at a certain height uh on the brocken on one of the peaks i'm not sure because i um i think there, there's three of them at a certain time of day uh with the sun and at that elevation it projects your shadow onto the lower lying clouds and it's your shadows a thousand times bigger than it normally would be on the sidewalk as you're walking down the street uh and apparently this scared the shit out of somebody so bad that they actually were ascending and turned around and thought it was a fucking monster uh and fell to their death have you heard anything about this specter uh and the science behind it or if there's a certain time of day or anything about it actually i have no idea about the science behind it i just saw a picture of it once basically this weird shadowy figure and this clouds how this just looking at this picture i can totally understand how this has uh you know caused 
various amounts of uh, Aberglaube and uh, superstition. superstition. The superstition, the mystique. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It definitely does. Like it, it's that you know, it gives it that whole surreal, occultish type, you know, mystical, um, like a superstitious fucking vibe. And that's you know, what do people do when it comes to things that they can't explain? It's you know, it's either God or the fucking devil. Um, that, that that those are the go-to responses when people don't you know care to. Or I guess you didn't know science at that point, but um, I'd be pretty fucking scared if I saw something like that too. Because the pictures that I saw were pretty fucking yeah. If I turned around yeah, and well, saw that, I'd be letting go. And it's like rings of colored light, really. It's like a crazy. I think it's technically called um, a glory as well. So it has that kind of insane. I mean, I suppose it's like it's real life hallucinogenic drugs, really. Oh, maybe something something funny to add actually, which the witch hunter, which witch hunts and uh, the Malius Maleficarum earlier. I actually got a copy of that just out of curiosity because I have read a lot about it. Basically, it's this manual for how to how to discover a witch, how to hunt her down, how to torture her into a, admitting that she is a witch, and then how to kill her. And um, I just wanted to know what is actually written in this book because it actually, yeah, it, it caused a lot of a lot of death and a lot of pain for a lot of people. Um, of course, uh, Christian apologists always use this. Uh, uh, always don't tire to tell you. Well, it was never an actually uh, endorsed by the Catholic Church, well, except for King Jack who used it and decided to go hell for leather with it in England. So. Yeah, sure. But that's the thing. They often say it wasn't endorsed, so it wasn't the fault of the church, but they used it. So, yeah, sorry. So I got this book and my girlfriend uh, just randomly opens a page, looks oh, at the headline, shit. and basically just the first headline that pops up is basically just how the witches, uh, which the dicks of people away, they don't like. Oh, see, she thinks you're conjuring dick spells. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Apparently, this Heinrich Kramer guy had some problems with his sexuality, or maybe he lost his dick at some point. That's why he claimed that witches <laughs> just witchcrafted it away. It's, it's weird. The whole book, I haven't even read it completely, but the whole book is so... That's a hell of a first headline to read. It reminds me of that one song from the 90s. Uh, who did that song? Detachable Penis. You ever hear that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a crazy fucking song. But yeah, that, 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 that's a wild first impression. I can only imagine <laughs> the double or yeah. triple take you got after she read that headline for sure. I mean, it speaks volumes about why this guy wrote the fucking book. <laughs> He's clearly yeah. had a really bad experience with a woman um, who didn't like him. <laughs> um and now he's blaming witches for the fact that he couldn't get it up probably there is i think that i i don't, I don't know where, where i uh, have read that but there was something actually historians discussing why he wrote it and what inspired him and pretty often the point came up that he pro apparently didn't really have any luck with the uh, with the uh, women in his life and you know, that, yeah. that, that whole, that's, this sounds like one of those video game side quests. Like one of these times, uh, um, you know, we, we got to link up as, um, with the wonderful world of uh, zoom or Google hangouts or something. And, uh, maybe it could be a Patreon episode, but really fucking explore this guy. 
um, and the driving forces or the alleged driving forces behind this work. Uh, and, and that, that lovely introductory headline, because I, I feel inspired. I think we could turn this into an episode. Why the hell are you saying the things you did? Fucking right. <laughs> well, we got a few, uh, I think we got a few minutes before the bell's going to ring. I don't know where y'all are headed to after study hall, but we're going to capitalize on the last few minutes we have um, sitting together here at this table. Um, I, there are a couple things that I do like to go over before we wrap things up here in class. Uh, first is shouting out everybody who supports us on Patreon. Um, something's fucky with the Wi-Fi here in class, so I don't have the updated list, but I do want to thank everybody, uh, who has taken the time out to either consider or click that subscribe button and support the podcast. Um, you're one of the driving forces behind keeping the bills paid, um, and keeping some and helping with some innovative, innovative ideas. Um, so we really appreciate that. So hail Satan to everybody. Um, who listens, but, um, and especially those who are supporting us over there on Patreon. Uh, you can still follow Satanic Study Hall on Facebook. Uh, we don't really do much with our Facebook, and that's intentional. You still kind of got to have a Facebook when it comes to marketing and promotion, so we are still on there. Uh, you can just search Satanic Study Hall and find there. Uh, you can just search Satanic Study Hall and find us on there. We also have a goat farm community, which is Satanic Study Hall presents the goat farm. Uh, you can join there. I did mention our Discord, which is our kind of premier, uh, not premier meaning you have to pay for it, but uh, it's where all the all the fun shit really goes down. We have a lot more freedom on Discord, so message us for a link. Uh, Twitter, you can hit us up on Twitter and follow us at Satanic SH, where both the S's and the H are capitalized. Instagram, same as Facebook, just search Satanic Study Hall, you will find us. We are on Twitch. Uh, we are on YouTube. We're slowly up loading our uh, episodes to YouTube and slowly getting them shut down for copyright violations. The full assortment of everything Satanic Study Hall has done, including all of our little side vignettes, our projects, our Krampus Carol, Johnny Voorhees Life Coach, uh, Father Al's Confessional, little things like that, um, supplemental blogs and posts, which are going to be coming soon, can all be found at SatanicStudyHall.com. We just launched a new little website template that's not just the you know, the podcast website, this is, uh, it's, it's the new Belial's front and center. Um, there's a section to listen to every, all the episodes. There's a section to get to know, uh, some of the rotating bench of degenerates that we have. And then <clears throat> we have study hall, like I said, with all of our supplemental, uh, material, all that kind of fun shit that, um, may or may not make it to the podcast airways. Um, one of the best ways to, you know, help spread, um, some of the cool shit we're doing here at study hall is by telling a friend about our podcast, sharing the link on social media. We are on all major podcast platforms. And again, I'm not going to get too far into it, but if you're listening to us on Apple music, we do ask that you leave us a review. Uh, if you can show satanic study hall, some love with a five-star review and let us know, um, your thoughts, any suggestions you have for making us a little better. We are always open to that. Um, so we covered a shit ton today. Uh, our foreign exchange students have saved the fucking episode. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much, uh, for being here. Um, before, after the bell rings and everything, we'll have to trade uh, contact information and everything. But, um, before we cut out, is there any special thanks, shout outs or anything like that y'all want to put out there, um, before we wrap up? Well, thanks for letting us sit with you. Cause you know, it was getting pretty lonely. Just us two, you know, spend time together anyway. But yeah, uh, shout out to our uh, our 
friend Stefan, who unfortunately couldn't make it to class today. Technical yeah. difficulties. Te technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it stopped him attending school. It's or some sort of excuse like that anyway. But he's, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but otherwise, uh, shout out to Savannah Study Hall for having us um, and to, to build a scene out there. And uh, yeah, hell Satan. Thank you, Pete. And what about you, Patrick? Well, basically the same. First of all, thanks for uh, letting us sit here. It's a very comfy chair, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we we upgraded them. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you bribe, when you bribe Principal Pan, anything's possible. Nice. Uh, that's where we went wrong. I hope it wasn't too expensive. Like bribing can be a pretty expensive uh, deal. Uh, yeah. Well, basically, shout out to our basically our, our friends of group. Also, can I greet someone? You can say whatever you want. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'd like to greet uh, my girlfriend, my cousin. I like to greet Toby. He's a nice guy. A bit weird. Hi, Toby. Nice. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's all. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, and it, this has been awesome. Um, again, like I said, well, we look forward to doing this again. And uh, uh, I hope fucking Principal Pan uh, lines up some more um, foreign exchange students because this has turned out to be rather educational and beneficial. We are going to cut to something that uh, a friend of Satanic Study Hall created last year um, for Hexanoct, and that is Simon Widop. Simon wrote a poem uh, called A Family of Strangers, also referred to as the Hexanoct Lament. Um, on his YouTube, which you can find if you just search Simon Widop on YouTube, you will find this video. In the you know about section, I'm going to quote, uh, Simon says, Hexanoct is a day to remember and a day to celebrate the lives of all the victims of various witch hunts across the centuries. From Salem to Pendle, from McCarthyism to Satanic Panic, this is for you. Now, A Family of Strangers appears in Simon's second collection, The Poet from the Black Lagoon, and that's available from Plastic Brain Press at plastic-brain-press.com. Uh, you can find exactly how to pick up Poets from the Black Lagoon. And as usual, um, if you like uh, what Simon's bringing to the table, look him up on social media. He is all over the place. Follow him on YouTube, Twitter, um, super driven, um, intelligent, and just fucking insightful man. And uh, we're excited to progress our relationship. So, gentlemen, uh, a huge obviously Thomas to you for being here. Uh, look forward to hanging out and speaking with you again. To our listeners, we love you. We would not be here without you. I'll never get sick of saying that because it's the truth. Um, so without further ado, here we are. Here's Simon. This is for the victims of false accusations from foolish patriarchy. For healing the sick. For freeing themselves from superstition. As we bathe in the orange warmth of the flames, tears will fall where your binds should have. Our voices will reverberate like thunder where yours were stolen, hanging your lives proudly in the gallery of history. The ashes will flurry in black snow, Marking the trail left behind. When the fires subside, you shall remain.
This is for the victims of hate spewed by weasels of media. For finding solace in their flesh. For loving who they choose. Your truth shall be told forever. We will hold you high where others crushed you down. Dance and love long into the creaking dawn. Fight on for the rights you were denied. Understanding will come. The wounds will heal. When the violence ends, you shall remain. This is for the victims of pseudoscience. By peddlers of snake oil and false prophets. Preyed on. Exploited. We stand steadfast in enlightenment. Where conspiracy once skulked. Where false hope once lay as quicksand. Science and knowledge will build bridges of steel. Foggy shrouds shall be lifted. Humanity will find its way to the rational. Until that day... You shall remain. The morning star greets with no judgment, only compassion, welcomed into the warm bosom. We are a family of strangers. In all your names, our fight carries on.